Support for today's show comes from Locker Room, the best place to talk sports. Make sure to follow me on Locker Room at Jake Reiner, and I'll invite you to chat on my weekly baseball room, uniquely titled Meeting on the Mound. Download Locker Room for free on the Apple App Store today and join the conversation. This is going to be no holds barred, Dale. Just let you, just right. let you well, know. It'll make me feel better if you threw some dirt on me and not get me in the mood. You know, <laughs> If we weren't socially distanced, I would totally do that. <laughs> My next guest is longtime veteran umpire of 32 years, now retired, Dale Scott. Dale, thank you so much for joining me for a meeting on the mound, sir. Well, uh, I've had a lot of meetings on the mound um, in my career. A few of them resulted in, in uh, ejections, but I won't do that today. I <laughs> thank promise. you very much. And if we're going over time, you can come out to the mound and tell me to wrap it up. OK, <laughs> absolutely. Fantastic. So Dale has been a part of the umpiring crew for three All-Star games, three World Series and countless playoff games. And in 2014, he became the first active openly gay male official in Major League Baseball, National Football League, National Basketball Association, and the National Hockey League. And Dale, you once said, quote, I am an umpire who happens to be gay. I'm not trying to be some gay person who happens to be an umpire. So in the spirit of that, I wanted to first talk to you about being an umpire, and then we'll get into more of your story later on. So sure. when I think about umpires as a fan, I think about it as one of the most, one of the toughest jobs to do in all of sports. Some people call it a thankless job. The fans are, can be brutal on an umpire, and you pretty much only know an umpire's name when something horrific happens is typically how umpires are known. And, and that's a really tough spot to be in. And, and one umpire comes to mind that you worked with pretty closely, Jim Joyce, who for he umpired for over 30 years, but he was he's known most dearly for costing Armando Galarraga a perfect game in 2010. So when you consider all of that, why did you become an umpire? Well, the short answer is I love verbal abuse, um, and uh, that uh, helps a lot. Actually, I, you know, growing up, uh, Jake, I, I grew up in Eugene, Oregon, and I was a Dodger fan growing up, and uh, and I was pretty obvious to me as a as a kid that I was going to be the first baseman for the Dodgers, you know, at some point. As we um, all were. Right, right. Well, the only problem is I couldn't hit, throw, field, or catch. Um, kind of uh, important. So uh, my my career in baseball as, as a player ended uh, when I was about 14 <laughs> uh, and probably should have earlier than that. But um, I started umpire when I was 15. When I was 15, I, you know, I, I still I loved the game of baseball. And if you're not playing, because at that point, high school was JV or varsity, and that was totally out of the question. Um, and at 15, you're really not coaching. Not that I would have been a good coach, but, uh, you know, it's uh, not really an opportunity. Uh, but I did have a friend that the year before he, he was about a year older than me and, and he had umpired uh, during the summer. He says, you know, great job. You're, you're involved with baseball still and you make a little cash. And I thought, you know, that that actually would be interesting that, um, you know, in my quote unquote playing days, I watched the umpires a lot because I was on the bench. a lot, <laughs> So I had, to, I had the time to do that. Um, and also I would go into Eugene Emeralds games, a triple A uh, team of the Phillies at the time. And even though, you know, caught up in watching my hero players and stuff, I, I always did watch the umpires of different styles and, and stuff, uh, not, not thinking I would be one someday, but I just it, it did interest me. So that's what it had. That's what happened. I was 15. I, I started umpiring and I took right to it. I, I just I just really enjoyed the challenge. Uh, you know, every day is it's the same game, the same rules, but every day is a different day that you, you really have no idea what's going to happen when you walk on that field. And uh, and so uh, I progressed at that. Um, I started officiating football and basketball also at the high school level uh, when I was, uh, uh, you know, 17, 18 years old. And then uh, when I was 21, uh, I went to umpire school. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I love baseball. It doesn't have a clock. You don't know what's going to happen on any given day. And every every like you said, every day is a new day. And uh, that's what keeps you coming back to this game. And speaking of Jim Joyce, the, the one thing that I knew him for before the Armando, Armando Galarraga incident was his 
like iconic like strike call. It was like the most high pitched. <laughs> it was you could hear it throughout the entire ballpark, no matter no matter where you were sitting. So I just I have a question for you. So. Every umpire has their own strike calls, you know, whether, you know, it's right. strike two, strike th- strike three, strike one. It's all different. Um, how did you settle on the call that you had and what what did your uh, strike call sound like? Yeah, Jimmy, you could hear it not only in the stadium, but for several miles outside the yes. stadium. Um, and by the way, Jimmy's like 10 miles from here. He's a good friend of mine and uh, and, and is almost a neighbor. Um Everybody does develop, and you, and you a lot you develop. Uh, it's it's you know obviously part of your personality, but it's also uh, tidbits of umpires that you have worked with or you have seen on on television or something. Um, you know, I kind of like that or this or that, and you just try to uh, you know put it into to some something that that works for you. Um, I, I was praised a lot for my called strike three people for some reason loved my call strike three which uh unlike one and two where i'd go out to the right on strike three i would go out to the left there's no set thing some guys uh, like to go right out in front just a, a quick like a hammer boom 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 and you know i tried that didn't like it just it was it wasn't me um you know some guys uh, uh are, are uh are much more uh, uh, straight up like they're gonna pound the the wall with their fist or something and 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 that was what i would do on a swing and a miss but not on a not on a called strike so i, I just wanted to uh, switch it up a little bit to distinguish between those everybody has a little bit different strike three usually because that's a a bigger pitch it's very embarrassing when you do your strike three call on strike two um <laughs> uh, that that, that <laughs> that's always uh you know something that the rest of the crew is going to let you know about uh when you get back in the locker room but so for for those of us that obviously can't see you right now and can only hear you what did your strike three call sound like well, now, the thing is, the vocal part of my strike three, any of my I called strikes, I used to be very loud and, and, a, and a more drawn out vocally. Um, but that didn't last very long. I just, uh, it was something that I had picked up, uh, believe it or not, from, I believe it was Satch Davidson of the National League when I used to watch games, uh, you know, when I was uh, started out on pirate and stuff. A lot of times it's just strike three. You know, I mean, it, the, the catcher and the hitter can hear it, but it's not, it's not a booming thing. It's, it's more, much more, uh, of a, a visual to, you know, let everybody know, although it's very, it's, it's not a uh, explosion. It's, it's a very kind of uh, refined, uh, uh, you know, nice beat to it. I was a drummer, you know, so you had to have a nice beat to it. Sweet. So, and that's, and that's what it is, but it wasn't, but it wasn't a real vocal thing. And, and, you know, the, the catcher and the hitter, I'm, I'm sure the pitcher probably, I mean, that in that vicinity, you could hear, you know, you know, it was happening. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, it certainly wasn't something the stands are going to hear because similar to what, you know, what Jimmy does. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by that, how certain umpires settle on certain things. And Jim Joyce is one of my favorites to, to listen to. <laughs> I imitated him growing up, uh, every time I, it was funny. Cause like you, you don't really, you know, pay attention so much to who's umpiring the game if you're at the game, but once you hear it, you know, who's there. Right. 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 <laughs> so Right, right. And I work, I work with Jimmy a couple times, uh, I think three seasons together, uh, 95, and then again in, in 2002 and three. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you would have a, uh, a rain delay or something, you go back out and most everybody's left the stadium. And so that, that and he's working the plate. And now it really reverberates yes. around, around the uh, stadium because you could really hear. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, in 2020, if he was there, you know. It, right, right, exactly. exactly. Um, so let's talk about umpiring school. You said you, you went to umpire school early on at age of 21 in 1980. Um, what, is umpiring, what, what is umpiring school like? Blue you, as we call it. Um, the only way you can get it, uh, get into uh, professional baseball is, is uh, going through one of the two uh, certified umpire schools. And um, it's, it's a, a five week course, very intensive course. It's, uh, you know, eight in the morning till uh, sometimes uh, on some days, eight at night. Uh, um, it, it's it's uh, in the morning uh, classroom going th- over the rule book. And when I say going over, you, you, you go over practically every word in the rule book and what it means and why it was there, you know, and, and that type of thing. And then uh, mid morning or so you break, you go out uh, to the fields where you have uh, some of the students will play, will be with gloves and position players as we set up um, uh, situations for the two, it's a two umpire system that you're taught and set up, you know, situations, right? As a first and third, two outs, runner, runner at first, less than two 
routes, rotation, you know, and hit the ball, fungal the ball to right field or left field or set up a double play or whatever, uh, you know, and, and to teaching the the steps and the mechanics and all that stuff of, of the plate and baseman. As that's going on, you also have a couple cages uh, with pitching machines uh, and a catcher and you're and, you know, somebody just standing there, not not trying to hit the ball, but standing there and you're calling pitches and and the mechanics of of how to uh you know your your footwork and your you know, the head height and all the intricacies that that uh, take place there in calling pitches and then you know actually calling uh, balls and strikes and so this uh this goes on you're evaluated constantly um you're tested on rules you're tested on uh at some time at some point uh as you're doing the drills, uh, you make a call at first or something, and uh, one of the instructors will be in the uh, uh, acting as the manager and come out and argue. No way! You, simu- you simulate arguments with the manager. Absolutely, absolutely, Whoa. absolutely, and 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 you know, and, and it's and the reason you know the thing is, uh, Jake, you can have you can have very competent, great judgment, ball strike, fair foul, out safe umpires that are horrible. In situations, they don't handle situations very well. Uh, they get, they get, they get, you know, mad. They, 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 their temper goes flies off, or they say the wrong thing, or you know, whatever. There's, a, there's, that's a whole another uh, art is dealing, uh, you know, with uh, situational management. And uh, it's, you know, it's easy to eject people. Ah, you're eject, you're eject, you're eject. But it's, it's a lot tougher to keep people in. And you know, if they do the automatics, that's easy. But it's a lot tougher to, to, to know how to, you know, stamp, uh, you know, calm down the situation. Uh, try to get it into a, 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 a way that you can explain what is happening. They may not agree, but at least they're hearing what you've got. You listen to what they have and that kind of thing, but you try to, you know, get everybody the temperature down a little bit and then get them back on their way to the dugout because uh, it reminds me of a, the old Seinfeld bit. Anybody can take a reservation. It's a, it's a holding yeah. the reservation. Yeah. Well, anybody can eject Keeping anybody. the reservation <laughs> is the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Love exactly. that episode. Uh, and so, so, uh, so anyway, so, so, you know, you're, you're evaluated on that. Um, and, and frankly, to, to be honest with you, from the moment you check into umpire school until, until they uh, announce the, uh, you know, the, the results and graduation, you're constantly 24 seven being evaluated because they, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like a boot camp, um, And it's kind of like, it's certainly like a fraternity. Uh, I've never been in the military, but, but it's the same type of thing. It's you and your brothers. Uh, you're a unit. You're one when you're there, when you're out there with your partner, it's you, you know, you against the world. I mean, because everybody, you know, I mean, no one else is going to half the time the team's happy with you. Half the time they're not. Same with the fans, whatever. But you and him are the ones that have to police this thing and, and keep it under control and, 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 and administer the rules as fairly as possible. So uh, all that is taken into account. What was one thing that, that you struggled with early on or did you struggle with anything early on in, in grasping one part, one aspect of the job? Well, you know, when I went to umpire school, um, I had been umpiring for six years. Um, I had done relatively well in Eugene, uh, you know, especially for the, my age. I, I had been uh, through the umpire ranks, been complimented. I had, I'd moved up a little bit. I, I really thought I was a pretty good umpire, <laughs> quite frankly. And um, and I went to umpire school and found out that I wasn't nearly as good as I thought <laughs> I was. It, 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 they, they, you literally uh, break down. Uh, everything. I mean, uh, 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 again, I was telling you a two-man system. So as a base umpire, you have runners at first to second, less than two outs, ground ball to shortstop, double play ball. You literally are breaking down to your footwork. One step here, two steps here, boom, boom, boom. You know, I mean, it's it's that's that uh, uh, choreograph, so to speak. But it, but that that uh, um, uh, tight uh, because you know uh, the play at second, boom, he's thrown it to first. You don't have a lot of time to watch that play, make that call and, and, and have yourself set up correctly and stopped for that play at first in a two man system. So your footwork is extremely important. Uh, when the balls hit, you don't have time to take two or three uh, uh, stupid steps, as we say, that get you nowhere because you only have time for four, two or you know, three or four steps before that play is going to happen. So you have to make the most of it. So it's all you know broken down to very, uh, you know, you know, like that. It's 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 amazing to me. One thing that amazed me when I went to umpire school is how it is. It really is an art. It really is a science. It's all that stuff, um, uh, and and so more, so far more advanced than 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 what I had thought umpiring was. Uh, what was I weak at? Um, 
I, you know, uh, learning the rotations, uh, taking the man from first to third, but less than two outs, when to, when to, uh, when to go into the cutout uh, and when to release and, and let your partner know and you're going back to the plate. I mean, these are things that, uh, quite frankly, if you're not an umpire person, you, you don't even notice or, right. or you know, it's, it's not even on your radar. Uh, but it happens every single game uh, in a two-man system and, and multiple times. So it's uh, it's just it's a very intense program. And I and I loved it. <laughs> and, and, you know, I tell people. Uh, even if you don't get a job out of out of umpire school, you're going to you're going to take it. First of all, it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a uh, kind of a, you know, uh, um, you know, those fa fantasy camps they have for players and they go, yeah, it, it's, it's almost like a fantasy camp for umpire. I mean, you, you learn so much the, the you, 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 uh, uh, the intricacies and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a great experience for someone that loves umpire, even if you're not getting a job. Out yeah. Of it. it reminds me of another Seinfeld episode where Kramer goes to a fantasy baseball camp and they say, <laughs> well, why does he need to go to a fantasy baseball camp? His whole life's a fantasy camp. <laughs> right. Right. And then, then, then he got in a fight with a Mickey Mantle or something. I don't know. Somebody, I, yeah, I forget who yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was DiMaggio, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cleet Boyer, I don't know. <laughs> but, that, but that's an interesting point, because, like, if you don't notice the umpire during the entire game, I guess that's a good measure of knowing that you guys did your job, because nobody noticed anything, right? Well, to a point. To a point, um, they're going to notice if you call obstruction on a on a on a on a on a play at the plate and score the runner for the tied run mm, in the ninth. They're yep. going to notice that big time. But you know what? You're doing your job. Yes. Um, and so um, you know the antage that well, I didn't see the officials. They, they must have done a good job. Is from the standpoint that uh, there weren't a lot of arguments or, or that, that that type of stuff. That's that's great. But sometimes doing your job is it's just going to piss people yeah. off. No, that's a good, <laughs> you know, that's and, a good and, point. That's a really good and, point. And so, and, and you are going to be in the, in the, in the spotlight for a second or longer. And, but that's okay. If you're doing, you know, it helps, it helps that you're in the spotlight for a correct call or a correct ruling. Yes. <laughs> Trust me. I've been on both ends of that. <laughs> Definitely. So let's talk about making it to the majors because I found it fascinating that uh, unlike the the players that make it through the minor leagues, you don't have to go from level to level to level. You can jump from double A to the majors, uh, for example, but umpires have to go level by level. What is the thinking behind that? And what was that like for you? Well, uh, I'm not sure the genesis of that thinking, except for the fact that it, uh, I think you just... Um, you you get something out of every level. You you may you know you, you may start in a short A or or long A. If you start in long A, in a way you've you've skipped one level out of umpire school. But but anyway, uh, um, but uh, let's say you're in short A and 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 you're and you're just you know you're it's it's obvious that you have uh, mastered this level of baseball. Um, and and they promote uh, you to uh, uh, you know long A and. And to you know, to the umpires, so it's pretty much the same thing. Why you know, why don't I just go to Double A? Well, you, you're gonna you're gonna gain something out of every level, uh, no matter how good you are and how how skilled you are and how how uh, uh, you know the natural uh, talent you may have. Um, I remember that the 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 biggest jump for me was from A ball to Double A. Um, a ball, of course, minor leagues are all getting changed, and baseball's changing a lot right now. And 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 that discussion we just had on on arguments or whatever is so different now with replay too. This, uh, that that changes a lot of it. But um, uh, every team you know, usually had uh, you know uh, one short A and one or two uh, long A or or two short A and and one long A. Anyway, a lot of A ball teams, three you know two or three teams. In double A, they only have one. So now you've, you're taking all these players, and it's now it's now been thinned out to where to where now you now you're you're, you're you've got the fa you know these guys are faster. They're they're making plays that enable you didn't see. They're throwing the ball better, and and it was a distinct difference from A to double A that I saw. That it was it, this 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 stuff's this stuff's going on is going a lot quicker and a lot faster than what I was used to, and I need to make sure that I'm at that pace also. You know and that kind of thing, um, but um, you you do have to hit every level. Uh, and part of that, again, another part of the whole thing is by the time you make it to the big leagues, you they, they want to have you vetted, so to speak. They want to have you call hundreds of thousands of pitches. They want to have you have seen uh, uh, thousands of, uh, uh, you know, plays, uh, steel plays, you know, uh, force outs, whatever. They want you to have a whole bunch of uh, um, uh, situations 
you're going to screw up some of them. That's part of learning, but they want you to have that experience in, in, in learning how to, how you to deal with things correctly, how to deal with things when you, when you've not done them correctly and correct that kind of stuff. They want to see, uh, for example, if a supervisor is in the, in the, uh, uh, stands, uh, evaluating you, I remember what it seemed like every time there was, a, and we didn't see them very often back then because they had a lot of territory to cover. You might have to see them twice a year in, in a ball and double a, um, and I remember it seemed like un, almost almost every time I would see the super or the supervisor would see me, I had a situation, maybe an ejection or something. Or, or at one time I, in double A, I kicked the crap out of a, a, a home run call uh, that everybody in the world saw except me, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, but uh, I thought, oh, my God, you know, this is awful. And actually it wasn't. And I'll tell you why, because he saw how I handled it and he saw how it affected me or d- not or didn't affect me more more precise you know if if a guy has a situation that he's totally right but it's a pretty good argument and he he ejects two guys whatever now is he still thinking about that as the you know if he's the play guy the next several pitches or the next inning he's he's a little off because he's still you know intertwined with this thing um obviously that's not good you know you have to put that aside you can deal with it after the game and talk to your partner and figure out what you did wrong or right or whatever but now is not the time to do it again like a player uh, you know, first and second, one out, ground ball, the shortstop, easy double play, goes right between his legs. Um, you can't dwell on that because guess what? The next one might be right at you again. Exactly. You know, you have to move on and you have to have a short memory and those type of things. Uh, and so they want to see that. They want they, this all part of the vetting of, of, of dealing with the entire uh, uh, thing of, of baseball. And then I, I spent two years, uh, two winter ball years in the Dominican Republic uh, working uh, their baseball and, 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 and out of a 60 game schedule, you worked 45 games behind the plate out of a, out of a 160 game schedule in the big leagues. I may only work um, 30, 32 games behind the plate in six, uh, six months where in the Dominican in three months I was working uh, more. So again, repetition, seeing pitches, seeing pitches, seeing pitches, they, they, you know, that's all part of the deal uh, because by the time they're making a decision on you of promoting you or not to the major leagues, They've, uh, you know, they've got a pretty good idea of your ability, both, both, you know, judgment wise, but also situational wise and that, and that type of stuff. So, so that's why you're not going to see an umpire. Uh, and I, and I went through the minor league. I was lucky. I, I only spent five years in the minor wow. leagues, which is really, it's not unheard of. There's been less, but, but it's, it's very rare. Usually uh, I think the average, uh, if you, if, makers of the big leagues the average is uh in the minor leagues anywhere from eight to 12 years wow so that's that that's pretty uh, expedited process there for you but not for others yeah so you make it to the big leagues in 1986 you're an american league umpire when they had umpires in you know american the american league and the national league um and then after your first year you meet someone named michael roush who is Michael Roush? When I got hired, it was on April 1st. So, so the season just started. So, you know, uh, so I'm home. I can finally move out of my parents' house because I didn't have a place to live because I was never there. Um, I was making money. I was going to have an off season off and not working winter ball. Um, I moved to Portland from Eugene. And, and, and you know, the last thing on my mind uh, was uh, getting into any kind of a relationship. And literally the night, I drove to Portland with the, uh, staying at a friend's house, and the next day I was going to go look at a couple townhouses to uh, to lease. Uh, this friend of mine and I went to got a bite to eat. We went to this one bar in Portland uh, called CC Slaughter's. A Monday night, there was like three people in there. It was you know, it was uh, nothing happening. We were just going to have a drink. In walks uh, this uh, guy Mike uh, with a friend of his, um, and. You know, I don't sound like some, uh, you know, two bit uh, uh, drugstore uh, love story novel or something. Uh, but, you know, we 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 hit it off uh, the next night. I took him out to dinner and we've been together ever since. That's awesome. And so so did, was he did he love baseball as much as you or did he not like it so much? Mike and I are probably about as opposite as you. <laughs> he's a he's a he was in the bar restaurant business. He had his own catering business. Uh, he's an artist. Um, I, uh, I've eaten at restaurants, I've drank at bars and I'm not an artist. Um, you know, it's just, uh, he was not a big sports fan. Um, and, uh, and which in a way kind of almost helped make this work mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, uh, but, uh, but no, he, he, uh, I mean, uh, he wasn't, let's put it this way. He wasn't nearly as impressed, uh, that I was a major league umpire, 
uh, or as much as his uh, his mom. As, his as mom, I am. Was a, <laughs> his mom was a huge baseball fan. And uh, uh, at that at that point, uh, she wasn't uh, too hip on the gay thing yet. But by God, he's, he, he can get us tickets. OK, well, I think it's OK. Nice. Nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> on in. What yeah. an in you had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So um, so the two of you were together, you know, after the 1986 season, you guys have been together since then. Um, you didn't you didn't publicly come out until 2014. So your your entire career, you you never really talked about this publicly, but between the two of you guys, did you guys talk about what you were planning to do? You know, were you were you did you have a conversation with him where you were like, we're we're not going to be, you know, public with our with our relationship? How, how did that go? Well, you know, actually, Jake, um, baseball actually, uh, you know, in, in a way was was, a you know, something that I fiercely uh, worked at to make sure they did not know my sexuality because uh, it was, you know, baseball and, and, and athletes and, and, and the whole thing. But in a way, it also actually helped uh, the, to the, the charade, so to speak, that I that I, I had because I, I, I lived in a city that I didn't work in. Um, I, it's not a job, uh, if I worked at a, a, you know, a corporation, a firm or something where you have a, a yearly Christmas party and you bring the spouse and that kind of thing, or, uh, uh the, uh, yearly, uh, uh, company picnic where you bring the family and the spouse. And the, so I didn't have to play those little games of, of, of showing up somewhere and having a beard or, or, you know, whatever that, whatever that would have entailed. Uh, basically what I'm saying is when I got off the road and came home, I was I was completely open at home. I mean, uh, you know, we 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 didn't uh, by any stretch, you know, we you know, straight friends, gay friends, but we we it wasn't something that we tried to hide uh, within you know at home. I mean, people knew us as a couple and that kind of stuff. Now, obviously, there I was still officiating football and basketball locally in Portland. Um, you know, it's again, I would play. You know, I you know wouldn't I wasn't out to those people, but 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 our friends and stuff. Um, you know, and then it was, it was all, baseball was kind of a shield. Like my, uh, my one cousin, uh, she was a hairdresser. She would do my hair and she was always trying to set me up with one of her girlfriends. You know, this, you would really like her, you know, and this, finally, finally she said, well, you know, Dave, why, you know, you're a good looking guy. And stuff. why are you, why are you single? I, so I said, you know, <laughs> with baseball, it's really tough to get in a relationship and then, you know, say, Hey, I, you know, I, I really like you, but you know, the next six months I'll be gone. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, well, you know, that wasn't you weren't lying. The case. Yeah, it were, yeah, exactly. But it was a great excuse right. that, that made sense, you know, so so that that helped uh, with all that. So, I, yeah, I was I was uh, I would have been horrified if um, if baseball had found out uh, of my sexuality. And, and I uh, did. Uh, and, you know, I did once uh, I'm. Uh, I'm writing a book that's going to come out next year, hopefully. But uh, one of the situations I did just to throw him off sound one time, I, uh, uh, Mike's sister was single at the time. She was a flight attendant in Phoenix. I said, I was down there for uh, spring training. I said, hey, you know, do you, do you think she would mind if, uh, if she came? There's a little bar that all the umpires went to. You know, she uh, joined me at this bar just to, you know, just to throw out their scent a little bit. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and, 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 she, and she's a, and she's an extremely good looking woman. And, and she shows up and all these guys are like, just going good job, but, you know, cause they yeah. <laughs> never really seen me, you know, and they said, how, how do you know her? Oh, my roommate's sister. Well, yeah, I do. Well, again, I wasn't lying. But, right. uh, yeah. So I, I, I just to, to wrap my head around this because it's, it's so disheartening to hear someone who is so in love with baseball and you were fearful that it wouldn't necessarily love you back. And so was, was that, did that ever take its toll on you? Did you ever feel not welcome when people found out? I know some of your uh, your crewmates found out and were pretty receptive. Yeah, you know, I started in 86. It wasn't until about uh, 98, 99 that I had anybody approach me, um, you, you know, uh, other umpires, guys that I'd worked with uh, in a very one-on-one uh, -on -one, um kind of random way. I mean, you know, and just, uh, I mean, I'll never forget, uh, uh Daryl cousins, who we just lost a few months ago. Um, uh, we were sitting, uh, spring training and, and, uh, a bunch of guys there and him and I were kind of sitting just BS and just out of nowhere, he goes, Scotty, I just want you to let you know, I know you don't necessarily have the same lifestyle as the rest of us, but I just want you to know 
that I would walk on the field with you any day, that you're a great umpire, you're a great person. I just want you to know that, that you know, I got your back. And I, I was stunned, frankly, because I thought, I am such a good uh, actor. There's no way they know what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but I guess when you uh, have the same roommate for, uh, you know, 15 years and, and you uh, in the off season vacation to Australia, that might be a, that might be a, you know, not, not a lot of people just bring their roommate. Anyway, the point is um, uh, then it started trickling out. And I, at first I was kind of defensive. Like I, you know, but I, I realized, you know, not, they didn't care. They, they were trying to let me know that, Hey dude, it's okay to answer your question. As far as did it hold you back? There were, you know, uh, in, in uh, umpire uh, contracts, we, we get uh, four weeks off during the season, one week breaks. And, and uh, just before everybody says, Oh my God, you don't even work all year and you get four weeks off. Well, yeah, but we're on the road constantly. We right. don't have a home game. A team is home half a schedule. At least they can be home half the year. Uh, but anyway, um, so we would go, the crew would take off for a week and we would come back and, and, uh, you know, one of the guys said, yeah, the wife and I and the kids, we went to uh, Myrtle beach and, but you know, blah, blah, blah. It's been a few days. And another one, yeah, the wife and I, we did this. Dale, what'd you did? I, you know, I didn't want to say, well, the roommate and I did. Yeah, you know, right. I, said, oh, I took the dog, I took the dog to the coast and ran him around. Uh, had a good couple of good barbecues with some friends. You know, I mean, it, it, I felt like, I felt like, I wanted to let them know what I did too. I was, I was proud of the fact that uh, you know, Mike and I went to the coast for a couple of days or, or whatever, but I held back because I didn't want to out myself. And I, and I, I it cheapened, I felt like it cheapened our relationship. And, and I, I felt like it wasn't fair to Mike, although, you know, he wasn't even there and didn't even hear the conversation, but I, you know what I mean? It was, it was like, it just isn't right that I can't tell them exactly what I did and it shouldn't matter, you right. know, but uh uh, it still wasn't at that point. Yet. So in 2014, you publicly come out, but it wasn't in the way in which you would expect, at least from when I was doing my research on you, it was sort of a, um, an indirect way because you were, you were being interviewed for this publication, Referee Magazine, and uh, it was about your career as an umpire. And then you decided that you wanted to include a picture, a, a bunch of pictures from your, you know, everyday life. And you would be remiss if you didn't include Michael in that. So can you just kind of describe what the thought process there was and what, what took place? Well, <clears throat> excuse me, Peter, uh, Peter Jackal uh, wrote this story about me in referee magazine. It was about my career and, and, you know, and, and it, it was very thorough. It was, uh, you know, how I uh, started in, in, in when I was 15. And when they add the editor of the, of the magazine asked me, OK, yeah, we have umpire pictures. Do you have some pictures, some personal pictures that, you know, could, you know, maybe some of these people we're talking about or, or you know, whatever. Um, and I said, sure. And I, and I thought, you know, you know, they've talked to high school friends and all these people have been in my life. And, and here's somebody that's been with me every season except one uh, in, in the big leagues. Who I've been with for so, you know all these years, and uh, not one mention of him, and it wasn't you know I didn't talk about him, and of course Peter didn't know anything about him, so it wasn't asked. But I thought it's just that's just not right, and 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 you have to remember what uh, this was uh, uh, at this time it was like September of 2014. Um, but, uh, we had just, we had gotten married the year before legally married, uh, in, uh, in November, 2013 and, you know, marriage, that was a big topic then. And, and, and it was becoming, it wasn't quite the law of the land yet, but it was, it was, you know, on its way there. And I just thought it, it, it's not right for me. And, and, and frankly, all these people that have made sacrifices and done these things for our community, to, to have these rights that, that, you know, equal rights of, of, of marriage equality and for me to be still in the closet, <laughs> you know, I just didn't seem right. Um, and so, um, you know, the article was done, but I thought, Mike, I want to add uh, with one of these pictures, a picture of you and I, and with the caption uh, and uh, you know, uh, Dale Scott with, uh, and e even then I didn't say marriage. I said, longtime companion, Michael Roush on their way to Australia. And which, you know, is a very subtle way, but not that subtle. But I mean, it's just, you know, there it is. Right. <laughs> you just opened Pandora's box. Um, and I said, I want to do that, but I won't if you don't want me to. And he laughed. He goes, sure. He goes, you're the one that's going to have to deal with this. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and so and so I did with with these other pictures. And the editor called me and he said, Dad, I got the pictures. It's great. He goes, I listen, I I I applaud you know, what's happening here, but are you sure you want us to publish this? Because once we do, it's out there. And I said, I know, I know. And it's time, you know, I mean, whatever happens, happens. 
And Jake, that magazine went out. It's, it's a trade magazine. It, you can't buy it on the on the stands. You know, it's it's all a, a subscription. It's and and it, it I don't know thirty thousand uh, magazines a month or something. Um, that went out, and and I'm waiting for some kind of response. And this and that, and it was crickets. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. And and uh, but 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 a, a football official that gets the magazine who's gay who is not out. Um, saw that and he emailed um, outsports.com and uh, made them aware of it. And they contacted me and wanted to do an interview. And that's how that. Uh, that's right. And so you, you wanted to wait until the end of the 2014 season or after the playoffs to, to do that interview. And so once it comes out, then it kind of picks up like wildfire. The New York times is calling you and all these different national publications. And so now the, the word is out essentially. And, you're you're going into spring training in 2015. What was that like? What was the response like uh, from the the players and the fans and the you know the managers that ha- that didn't know up until the the article started coming out? I went to Arizona for spring training. My very first game of spring training was in uh, in Goodyear, uh, which was the uh, Reds and the Indians. Just to backtrack a little bit, and when this all broke, uh, this was not a surprise to Major League Baseball. The people that that I worked for, they they were well aware. Mike was a domestic uh, partner, you know, and so this was not a big surprise for the people I work for and certainly not the staff of umpires, uh, you know, and, uh, but, but it was for the media, for the fans and for the teams and that, and that kind of stuff. And I walked on the field and it was, a, it was a strange thing because walking out for the first time I walked out and I didn't know how I'd feel, you know, but I, I, as I'm walking and, and there, our, our room is in center field. So you walk all the way to home plate, you know, before the game to get the lineups and stuff. And as I'm walking around, I'm looking around and go, this is the first time that I'm walking onto a, a, a major league baseball field, spring training field, um, where I'm, that shield uh, is gone. Um, anybody, Hey, who's number five? Who's that? I'm always oh, gay. You know, I mean, anybody could, could, could you know, could find out or, or remember about the, the story or whatever. And it was, it was a liberating feeling. Um, I, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get shots from the stands. I didn't know if I was going to uh, get some, you know, uh, uh, I, I feel bad for uh, if a player had used the, the F word on me um, uh, in an argument or something, because uh, baseball had, had told me just, you know, trust me, there will be some severe discipline if, if, if that, takes place, you know, and, and, and I, and I didn't expect it, but I, you never know, you never know what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, and so that was a strange feeling and a, and a good feeling. Um, but about the third inning, uh, and in spring training, when I was working, you know, work the bases, you switch every couple of innings, uh, just, to, uh, at spring training. But, uh, I started out first base a couple of innings. So that was the third base. Well, uh, uh, Marlon Bird, who a longtime player for several teams, I had known Marlon for a long time, uh, was playing left field. And as he was coming in after the third out, uh, he comes, he sees me and goes, Dale, and he comes running up and it's not unusual. You know, the first few spring training games guys, Hey, how was your off season? How you been? You know, everything's, you know, everything's fine until you call him out on strikes. But, um, I, so I said, I said, he goes, Dale and Martin, I go, Marlon, how you doing? And he comes, he runs up and he gives me in a big, huge bear hug, which is that now that's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it. And, and, and as he, he gives me a big hug and he, and he, and he in his, in my ear, he says, Dale, I am so proud of you. You're free, man. You are free. Mm. And I, it, I certainly didn't expect that. It took me back. I said, thanks, Marlon. I really appreciate that. That day also, uh, Joey Votto, after the fifth inning, uh, him and a, a group of guys were, were, were done for the day. They were going back to the locker room between innings, and, and they were walking by me, and, and Votto came right up to me and shook my hand and said, Dale, I just want to say congratulations. I'm, I'm really proud wow. of you. Um, that was two players on the very first day I walked out there. The rest of the season, there was only one other player that said anything the entire season. And it was positive. I had no manager said a word. Um, I had, I had a trainer and a, and a base coach. I, I had a, I had a base coach uh, uh, that had been around a long time. I'd known him a long time. And, and between innings, he just said, Dale, I, I, I got to tell you the courage uh, and, and uh, you know, you were uh, the courage to do this on this stage to come out. He goes, I've got a brother whose son is gay. Uh, it's, it's been kind of an issue with coming out. It just been some issue. He goes, I know it's not easy. And for you to come out on a stage like this, I have nothing but uh, admiration and, and, you know, congratulations. And, and it really, you know, really, you know, those are very nice words to yeah. hear, you know. And, and, and so it was, but to answer your question, really, there was no reaction at all. I didn't hear a thing from the stands all season, not saying that they didn't say something, but I didn't right, hear it. Right, right. Um, uh, one, one thing I did hear, though, which was hilarious, is uh, 
uh, uh, one fan, uh, you know, uh, in Atlanta, it was between innings, kind of, kind of a lull, and he goes, "Dale Scott, I can't believe Dale Scott came out as an Oregon Duck fan. I cannot <laughs> believe." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it makes sense. He, uh, the Ducks have a lot of uniform changes. You yes. know? And so, I mean, it was, it was pretty funny, but, but the thing is, is that uh, it was business as usual, which I kind of felt it was probably going to be because quite frankly, uh, I'd been around a long time. They, they, they know my work ethic. They know my credibility. They don't agree with everything I do or whatever, but um, I think there were, and, and it was kind of proven they were, they were much more concerned about me getting pitches and, and plays. Right. right. And then what I do, out, you know, off off the field. So it was uh, it, it was a really smooth outing, so to speak. Fantastic. Um, that's really really encouraging to hear um, for a lot of people out there listening that that may be struggling with with that, and 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 especially in in the position that you were in for so long. So you were an umpire for thirty plus years. You umpired. I looked this up. Three thousand eight hundred ninety seven games which is insane. Um, I want to do, cause we're running out a little bit of time, but I want to do some like rapid fire with you um, of just uh, over the course of your career. Do you have a favorite game that you umpired? Wow. I mean, it's several, I mean, I'll never forget my first uh, world series game. My first world series plate game. Uh, you know, my first game in ever, you know, that, uh, that I worked, um, you know, there's a lot of mi- uh, milestones that you hit your first playoff, your first all-star game, your, you know, th- those types of things. Um, and then games that I just witnessed history, you know, um, uh, you, you know, you're on the field, have to be on the field for a no hitter or have to be on the field for a two triple plays in one game, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so I, one favorite, pro- you know, probably, probably my first world series, uh, play game because, uh, it was in San Diego, uh, against the Yankees in, in 98 and my parents were there and my brother was there and, and that was, that was very special. Sweet. Um, uh, favorite, uh, position to work first base second base third base or behind the plate well the the you probably won't like this answer i like all of them and, I, and it's <laughs> they're all and it's my children we, i love them all the same <laughs> exactly well they all have different challenges i mean obviously behind the plate you're involved with every pitch you're running the game uh you're you're you know you've got the equipment on you're you're center stage so to speak um but they it's good that you don't have to work the plate every day uh it's good that you rotate uh people say oh third base you have the day off not really um <laughs> uh, you may not you may not have uh, a call all all day, but then all of a sudden you have the fair foul, the catch, no catch, the uh, the, the the guy tried to stretch a double into a triple, and he's the tying run uh, in the ninth inning. And by God, you better get it right, yeah. you know. So so you have to be ready anywhere on there. Second base has a lot of challenges because you have throws coming from any place on the field. You have steel plays which are always close, uh, double plays, and that type of stuff. And of course, first base you have uh, usually a ton of plays, and a lot of them are close and, and pickoffs and stuff. So each one has their challenges and their unique uh, uh, mechanics. And I'm glad that uh, you can uh, work all of them. Yeah, I imagine actually in the in the playoffs being the left field or right field umpire is probably the most boring uh, of the two. Can be, but again, you know that that catch no catch that that hit off was it off the wall to hit his right. glove? You fair know, foul. Fair foul. You, it, that, those are the ones that are challenging because if you aren't focused, if you're not paying at attention. All times, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Um, Quickly, so <laughs> managers, uh, you you talked about in umpire school, you learn how to diffuse situations. And so were there any managers that you came into contact with over the course of your career that were your favorite to sort of jar with? I did I did realize or look this up and I found it really interesting that you were the last umpire to throw out Billy Martin and he's iconic for coming out and arguing uh, every single play ever. So were there any <laughs> managers? I mean, you could mention Billy Martin, but any other managers that you really enjoyed kind of jarring with? Uh, well, you know, uh, Tom Kelly of the, of the twins, uh, was an umpire favorite because Tom was very fair. I think he only got ejected three times his whole career as, as a big league manager. Uh, of course I got him once. Um, you know, I mean the guy, the guy, uh, he knew how to argue. He knew what to say and that kind of stuff. He also could be very funny. I mean, he came out and screamed at me once when I had an interference call on, on, on a sack bunt attempt and I, I sent the runners back and, and, and he came out screaming and just gesturing and it looked like he was just eating me up. And he was saying, I cannot believe, I cannot believe we make a perfect, a perfect bunt. We, we advance the runners and my guy can't run in the running lane and you make a great call, a great call. You do your job and he can't do his. And now I got to come out here 
here look like an idiot. <laughs> and, 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 and basically, he's out there because it was a big play. He knew I was right. Uh, he had to argue it. Uh, that's his job. Uh, but and so he made it look like he was getting getting me pretty good. And at the same time, let me know that I'm just doing this because that's what I got to sure. do. You know, you know yeah. and that doesn't happen a lot. Don't get me wrong. But 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 when it happens, it is pretty funny. But, you know, trust me, there are other uh, a, a, a vast majority of times they're not out there because they thought you did a good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, like I, I, I could sit here for hours and talk to you about uh, different different managers you came into contact with. I always find that. Um, fascinating. But one thing that has sort of um, put a damper on those arguments is instant replay. And that's the final thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, Just, you know, briefly, when instant replay was expanded in 2014, modified again in 2015, um, to give managers the opportunity to challenge a bunch of different calls, Obviously, the one the one thing that they can never challenge are balls and strikes, which is the majority of of when managers get kicked out of games. But that sort of put a damper on or or lessened the arguments between umpires and managers Um, when it was expanded. How did you feel about it? And and did you have an ego when when a call you made that was wrong happened to be overturned? Well, first of all, when when uh, they the first part of replay was just uh, what we called boundary calls uh, between the foul poles out in the outfield, and, uh, you know, were they home runs or doubles or fan interference that kind of stuff, and 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 we needed that. I mean, we're the four guys, the only four guys, we're the guys that have to make the decision. We're the only four guys in the whole stadium that isn't watching it on replay before they implemented that, and you're you're trying to decide something that's happened, you know, 250 feet away uh, in the glare of the sunshine on a Sunday afternoon, and it happens like that, and you come up with something. So. That was very helpful, but when but we also knew as a group that once replay was in our game, it's going to expand, uh, it's going to change things, and 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 when they did the expanded replay, um, frankly, you know, just wasn't sure what to think about it. Um, kind of one of those things where you're not going to stop it. I mean, it's happening. So, so let's see if we can not only uh, be on the committee to help make this umpire friendly, uh, you know, replay, but also, uh, you know, you know, let's just give it a shot here and, and, and not just be a vehemently against it right off the bat, because we'll see. Um, As it turns out, I'm a, I I like replay. I think it was, first of all, again, it's something that had to happen uh, with our technology nowadays. You, you know, we, we can't beat technology. And, and if, uh, um, you know, you have people with uh, 70 inch screens and super slow-mo 4k, blah, 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 you know, uh, uh, games uh, from several different angles, guess what? You know, it was bound to happen. That's fine. Um, uh, You know, it, it, it has changed our relationships with managers and, and, and players uh, to a point. Um, You know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, last few years I worked, I don't necessarily miss the, 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 you know, the endless arguments or or not endless, but uh, uh, things that, that, that would, that would come up. But I miss it a little bit. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be lying. You know, I'd be lying if I said that uh, I'm, I'm glad that's gone, you know, because uh, that, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was at, at times could could be fun, <laughs> right. you know, and and, uh, and part of the challenge. Um, but it changes, you know, it just changed things uh, completely. I remember uh, uh, the first year they expanded and that was when the manager still had to come out and then you'd wait for the signal to, if, if we're going to challenge and that awkward not. moment you know, between the- <laughs> uh, that. Awkward, yeah. So <laughs> Don Manningly comes out. He's a Dodger manager. He's in Florida uh, game. I called Puig out on a steal attempt with a nobody, first hitter in the top of the ninth tie game. Uh, he, he, he steals second. I call him out. Uh, Don comes out. I had him as a player. Um, you know, so I've known him a long time and he goes, Dale, you know, I think, you know, maybe see if we're going to, you know, maybe look at that. And, and, and we're both kind of standing. I said, so, uh, Donnie, uh, it's kind of come to this now, huh? We just stand here awkwardly, a uh, small talk. And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, it has. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like, it was like, uh, I'm not even going to argue with you. Uh, normally I would just be arguing with you, but now I'm not going to argue with you because, uh, if it's, if we get the signal, you're going to, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a d- different dynamic. Yeah. Um, but, but overall I like the, you know, people say, oh, that it takes too long. It takes too long. Well, remember we used to have these arguments that, that, you know, that usually resulted in nothing except maybe an ejection. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, 
we want to get it right. And there have been instances, especially the first year or two, where uh, uh, New York uh, came back with a ruling and then they got a, uh, an angle uh, that they hadn't seen yet that comes in. And it, was, it showed it definitely the ruling that you came up with was wrong. And, and, and then you get crucified. You have replay and you can't even get it right. Yeah. You know, so, so at times it may th- seem like it takes a little longer. That's because they want to make sure. Uh, but they've also lessened the times of replay. Every year is less and less because we're much better at it in replay center and also uh, what we're doing on the field. Definitely. So, uh, it, I, I enjoy the replay to get the call right. The one thing that, that, I, that drives me crazy is like the steel call at second base where the guy's leg like comes off the bag okay. For like a half second, and and he and you may have called him safe because he beat the throw. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, ugh. You know, I wish that it, yeah, it's it's a little too uh, specific. It's a cheap out, and and it's 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 a, it's a collateral damage of replay yeah. uh, because you you th- that type of play. I'm sure happened a lot and no one said a word. No one even knew it happened, right. frankly. I mean, you know, and, 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 and now you have fielders that uh, keep their glove on them the whole time. All yeah. Time, they're taught time, to do that. that glove. Exactly. And so, yes, you, you can't say, well, he only went off that much. So he's still, you know, I mean, if he's off, he's off yeah. while he's being tagged. But I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying and agree with you. That's kind of a collateral damage of, of, of having replay. I don't know if it can be addressed. Quite frankly, I think it's just is one of those things that that, uh, that they're going to have to just like they teach the field just keep on it. They're going to have to teach these 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 uh, base to runners stay on the bag. Never, yeah. never, never. Yeah, exactly. Hold on to the bag for dear life. Um, exactly. So anyway, I just want to thank you so much, Dale, for for coming on, and I and I hope that. Um, it doesn't get to the point where they have electronic umpires. I don't want that at all. I love the human aspect of it. You guys are valuable. You are important to the sport for its history. Um, and going forward, I just hope that we can still have the human element calling balls and strikes. And well, I would, I agree with you. Yeah, there. I knew you would. Um, and I, uh, also would, uh, be really, really upset if I didn't correct myself from earlier when I said it was uh, Joe DiMaggio that Kramer beat. You were right, thinking about it, because I was thinking about that episode, and it was actually Kramer says, I, I hit Mickey Mantle. So it's Mickey Mantle is the, is the player that he that he slugged. Well, yeah, and, and no one was shocked, frankly. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much, Dale. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Anytime, anytime. I'd love to do it. Thanks, Jay. 